0: Rob Banaszak. We're live. Oh, Good to to see you, buddy. Good to see you, too. How you doing? Oh, I am having a great day. I bet you are. I bet you are. I saw the news come out this afternoon and it's incredible. So before we get into the news, I want to. uh, So for those who don't know, Rob, uh, assistant coach at Rockford High School, coach of football. Uh, You played there yep Uh, when did you when were did you play at rockford i played
1: from i got moved up to playoffs my jv year so i got a kind of a a cheap state ring okay oh cool so you won state for for not having to do i was a practice player of the week i think once okay running (laughs) scouts um so yeah it's 2005 to 2007 so three years okay two and a half technically Gotcha.
0: Okay. And you play quarterback? Yep. The best position? The best. My favorite. I love it. Hardest position in sports. It's unbelievably difficult. I think the only thing more difficult than playing quarterback is maybe playing golf, like, at a very high level.
1: Playing golf consistently, like, at a professional level? Yes, at a professional level. Absolutely. Yeah. And then probably maybe hitting a baseball consistently, Yes, hitting a baseball
0: is very, very tough. I've seen 92- and it it's it's like hitting a blur with a a metal bat it's it's unbelievable but
1: yeah i stopped playing in fifth grade just i think i was too ADD for it i was in the (laughs) it doesn't
0: move too quick sometimes especially in little league it can be brutal and i got
1: competitive yeah i know fifth grade got competitive and i was like put in the outfield i'm like um i'm not seeing too much action here. yeah for sure
0: no, my dad. I was always the coach's kid in baseball, so I had an advantage in that regard. I was too. So. Oh, <laughs> maybe that wasn't an advantage. Yeah, I don't know. I,
1: he once they once were like, "We'll buy you a dog if you play baseball next year." Oh, and they did buy me a dog. This was during like the off season. I was playing basketball, I think AAU, and I still didn't play.
0: <laughs> oh, good lord! Pulled the old rug underneath him. <laughs> That's great. So you played football at Rockford, a yep. uh, pretty successful high school career. Uh you then went on to play at Ferris, is that correct? Yep. Okay. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so Ferris State was um incredible um as, just as far as being able to play at the next level for me. I was a a backup most of my high school career up until my senior year other than playing in JV. My junior year I was a backup. Uh, I didn't start really until my freshman year I got moved up to JV. So for me Playing college football was incredible. Um, plus, my uncle went to Ferris. I, I always just loved the, the thought of being kind of close to Grand Rapids, but not too close, so it was a perfect mix there. Um, so for me, the first two years, I was in pretty good competition with the, with the starter, and um, I actually had torn my labrum in my throwing arm my senior year, probably halfway through my senior year um which is when we just started running the ball a whole lot more <laughs> they put me in the pistol and okay um use the legs a little bit more but obviously you get to college competition and you're not you know 48 doesn't carry as much speed or for sure so for me it was adjusting and having to play and learn the quarterback position which I picked up pretty well mentally um just getting reps and getting to you know runs with the 1s and the 2s depending on the day um so it was an incredible experience. And then I moved to tight end after I tore my shoulder and my labrum. Um, I wonder why. You're six foot seven. Good yeah. lord.
0: <laughs> yeah. Ben, it was, ben Roethlisberger
1: prototype. And we ran like an air raid offense. So it was actually a Y position where it was more like a slot, um, which again, I don't have tremendous speed, especially for for like a slot receiver position in college. Even though it's D2, there's still – there's a lot of guys that can that can run. But I had a good game speed. Um, but for me, just the the level of athletes that we had there. You know, I, I, I ran with the twos a little bit, but I was more of a special teams guy, which was new for me too. But learning a new position, whatever, it was great. And then my last year, tried to go back to quarterback, played quarterback um, for Coach Anise, Tony Anise, which was just a dream come true for me. Just even playing against him in, in high school, he was always – such a a professional such somebody that we played against them at on, on nfl network actually rockford versus muskegon oh, cool. um we happened to beat them but i got hurt that game and the, the our my backup went in and won the game for us which was awesome yeah but he came like up after the game after the game after he lost and like was just picking me up like i know this is probably not like the ideal thing for you you're the guy whatever else you're you've had a great year so yeah, I've always had tons of respect for him. So, got to play a little bit um, as far as like in the summers and things like that. But this kid, Jason Vanderlaan, turned out to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. And he's playing in the NFL now. And he kind of took heard that the- name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A two time Harlan Hill winner. Um, <laughs> but it was cool to just even because he was throwing to me because when he came in, he was a third string quarterback. And I was kind of more third string tight end. So, we got to work together a lot um, his freshman and redshirt freshman years when he took off. So, it was. So much going on at Ferris and it was all still a blur in a way, but I look back and as far as getting into coaching, all the different things I got to go into, it's, it was just such a blessing being able to have the time there that I did.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What made you, uh, so after having a good career, uh, a good career in college, what, I mean, I know the answer to this question, but for those who may not, what was it that made you want to go, go into coaching? Cause that's a whole different element. Yeah. Game.
1: For me, I'm, and I know that's, this is how we met was in sales and I I did like sales and enjoyed it. That's what I went to school for. Um, my dad and my uncles, they were all pretty successful in it. And I consider myself like a people person. So that was my favorite part of like a sales role was getting to know people, uh, building those relationships or even just like quick relationships that you've got to kind of, in a way it's like swindly because you're trying to get something out of them at the end of the day. Um, so for me, I just got to the point where I don't know if it was just wasn't as rewarding for me as, as and I w- I'm still having football dreams like every single night and um I was actually uh I was talking to I was just seeing like a therapist once a week and she was like, you know, I think you should get back into the game somehow. And I was like, you you know what? You're probably right. I'm having these dreams and you know, just like life you you're you're down sometimes and it's good to talk to people. So for me, that little bit, I was like, I'm going to just go coach like volunteer at 8th grade level and just get back into the game and just kind of see what happens.
0: Absolutely. So, uh so did you start at the 8th grade level
1: then? Yep, I started 8th grade level um last summer actually um at East Rockford Middle School, which was where I went to and it was great. We had I went through team camp. I went through um, like the kids camp that we have there, like a fundamental youth camp. Um, and then our head coach, coach Ralph Munger, um, he had kind of an emergency heart surgery situation and he was going to kind of coach the quarterbacks. He was he's a head coach still, but he was going to try to take that position on a little bit more, not that he didn't have extreme involvement involvement in it anyway. Um, so they needed a, a quarterback coach. So, they called me the day before two a days. Coach Randy Vanderveen called me like Sunday night. Uh, we were getting ready, packing stuff up, getting ready for eighth grade two a days. And I was super excited for that. He's like, hey, when you want to come up and join us at 8 a.m. and coach uh, quarterbacks here, the varsity. And I was like, oh my God, yes.
0: That is so cool. Yeah. That it really is was. so cool. So, so last year was your first year then coaching quarterbacks uh, for the varsity football team. Let me ask you this what. um? So I coached a year after high school. So I when I was a high when I was a senior, I was quarterback and when the freshman class became seniors um, I came back and coached that class. And it was it was kind of a cool, cool thing to see because I had relationships with a lot of those kids. And I found it, I don't know if this is the same for you, but I actually learned more about the game in one year of coaching than four years of playing. Did you kind of have a similar experience or was it not so much because you played in college?
1: Well, I definitely think there's a level of the particulars. Um, and I'm learning a whole lot more. Obviously this year I'm coaching running backs. Last year I coached quarterbacks. Um, but as far as like the fundamentals and when you're playing, you have so much going on. Not that you don't with coaching, um, but for me, like a position coach, I get to kind of really get down to the specifics and the fundamentals of it. So absolutely, I'm I'm starting to learn more about, you know, gap schemes and, you know, inside, outside zone. And like really, for me, the biggest learning curve has been the offensive line play because yeah. that's something as a quarterback. I I honestly like other than maybe some like tackle traps and some things where I got to find this lead blocker or guard pulling I didn't spend a whole lot of time as a quarterback you know, I'm, I'm worried more about, form, like, formations, uh, the cadence where, you know, this and that, just all the things you even have to get a play off of, Yeah. Um, you know, especially in college. But you don't think a whole lot, other than maybe your reads that you have and, like, uh, option offenses, you, you don't think a whole lot about the line play and guard play and trap and all that stuff. So, for me, that was huge to be able to sit back and really learn that. And I'm still learning that. That's still something I want to try to improve on just as far as my – A coaching repertoire, I guess.
0: It's it's so amazing to me when you talk to a coach that's been doing it for ten years, and they and they start getting into that nitty gritty line play and gap schemes and stuff like that. It's like they're speaking a different language. Like the first, like when I started playing for the first time. I start hearing all of these concepts It's like it, they might as well have been speaking Chinese to me. It's like, wait a minute. What is a two hole? What is (laughs) the C gap? Like, what is all of this stuff? So yeah, it's, you, you don't, you don't appreciate what the big nasties up front have to do until you have to go coach. Like when you're trying to coach your running back and, a lot of times when a running back gets blown up in the backfield, a lot of times is because he ran the wrong way. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: yeah. You're not. <laughs> and you don't see
0: that though. You're like, oh, this offensive line sucks. They're not doing their job. Well, no, the running back ran to the wrong cap.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and when you, for me, like in youth camp or youth, when I was a, I was a running back in like rocket football. You know, anytime that I'm getting sacked in the or tackled in the backfield, it's this exact same thing. I'm like, oh, we, the old line got somebody got blown up or whatever else. But I'm hitting something outside when I'm trying to. You know, I should be aiming at the. And, and there's only so much again. My dad was was coaching me in, in uh, rockets too, but so I'll blame him. But there's only so much they can get in detail wise because you're trying to get a bunch of squirrels to just even align in the right spot. Yeah, yep. Um, so that's just part of the game too, though. And even in high school, there's only so much time. Um, and depending on I guess for us in Michigan, you know, you just we we don't have the luxury of being able to play year round, and so you try to fit in as much as you can. But it's, you know, in college, it's a next step where you have like classroom setting where you have time where you can really get down to the specifics, see it on a whiteboard. For me, I'm always someone so visual that I, I would love to see, I'd love to see things on like on the whiteboard, see it visually, and then for me to go execute it before practice or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, because if you don't have that vis- visualization, when you get on the field, everything moves so fast that if you're not there mentally, uh, your body is not going to do what you need it to do.
1: Well, yeah, you're thinking about what you're actually doing, and you're thinking about thinking almost. That's what I was a quarterback coach last year. I'm always telling some some of my guys like, slow it down. Yeah, I can tell you're thinking about thinking instead of really just slowing it down. Um, which uh, being able to see the progression of of quarterbacks too as a coach, it's one thing trying to like you know teach yourself, trying to get better yourself, trying to take advice from coaching, which was. A a huge like level of satisfaction but being able to see any sort of input you can have on a kid like that and seeing them grow like I got to see some of the kids last year I mean coaching has brought a different level of appreciation to the game for me that I I never thought about coaching
0: you really feel like that you make a difference too because I'll, I'll come back to a little bit when we're talking about the whole sales thing which i'm still in that world mm-hmm. and um you know it's it the the sobering reality of it is that you can feel like you're doing the right thing and making a difference in people's lives all day long but if i got hit by a bus tomorrow the financial institution that i'm working for will have somebody sitting in my seat doing the exact same <laughs> thing a month from now so it's like are am i really making a difference or am i just filling a, a gap in this company's agenda for a short period of time and hey i'm very pro-capitalism i have no problem with with that whole model um but i you it's really easy to see why people get burnt out so quickly in positions like that i mean if you look at any bank out there and you like, I don't know, wherever you do your banking, you probably at any you set foot in a branch, you see new people there. And that's just such a normal thing in the retail banking because it's become so much more sales driven and so, so much less relationship driven that um, it's not really an environment that's conducive to any sort of continuity.
1: And I guess I'm, I'm just trying to think about it. I feel like I'm on the therapy couch right now. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm starting to reflect a little bit about my- You uh, call me Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil. Uh, no, I'm thinking about maybe some different places because I bounced around a lot of different sales spots. I landed at a place that I really liked um, before I had to step away from kind of the, the whole industry. Um, that's when I realized like, I don't know if this is for me because they were such a great company. Um, I think it was that like- that more family environment, that environment where you feel just a little bit more appreciation. I'm all for capitalism too. I think, you know, there's I'm, I'm thankful there's people that are in certain sectors of absolutely uh, that, that yep. we need them. They're essential for for us to you know to be the successful nation that we are. But, you know, sometimes you just got to recognize what you're good at and what you what you want out of life. And I'm right. still figuring that out. Um, but, but for me, I think that was one thing I was missing: was being able to have that camaraderie, whatever it is, that appreciation for someone else, and and not make it so much about uh, other than the results of the game, but like the results of like just black and white, like good green number good, red number bad, right? Like that that's and that's not every day. That's every day. That's every week. It's every month. Uh, then it starts over, so, yeah. you know, for
0: me. It kind of- you go to here, from Hero to Zero from the end of the month to the beginning of the next month. Yep. And, you know, um, some people live for that. I have some cousins on the east side of the state who are, um, some of the top producing car salesmen in the world. Like they're, they're unbelievable. What the, my cousin, Mark, uh, has run a, uh, one of the most successful used car dealerships over in the Macomb area for, uh, 20 years. And two of his four kids are now in the industry, just crushing it in car sales. And they're just, and they love it. It's what they want to do. They're passionate about it. Um, and there, there are a lot of people that are just wired like that. And that's really cool. And that, that's exactly it. It's so cool. And I'm so glad
1: because there's there's a need for everybody in every little section of it doesn't matter what it is. And some people may not have, you know, as much um, energy into what they do, but maybe they have a family um, or something that they need to the support. So they feel a lot of satisfaction for being able to provide for that, whatever the case is, people being able to find that purpose or or like tons of people that I worked with in sales that just loved it to a different level and I've always called myself a pretty decent actor I was pretty good at acting like it because you got to buy into it sip the kool-aid yes to to move up a little bit um which is unfortunate because that's another part of where I feel like you're masking yourself a little bit but you do you have to you have to buy in and sometimes it's genuine which was like places I've worked it was really genuine but you know sometimes it's like huh, I guess I was in it for maybe the wrong reason or just the promotion or just this other reason. So for sure,
0: let me, let me get back on track here. So, um, so I played football and I know that the off season can be grueling. I mean, that's really where you put in your work, you put on your weight, you, you, you know, you spend your time in the weight room, you get bigger, you get faster, you get stronger. Um, with, the the pandemic and all the craziness that's been going on with that since March, um, you know, your juniors in March were out of school. Um, did you guys have any um, that you can talk about on the air? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you mean? Nothing's changed. Uh, did you did you guys have any like uh, what was your off season program like?
1: Yeah, so for as far as like the the weightlifting, um, there's definitely some things that the the players were. You know, we rely on them to use and they don't have the equipment necessarily, but, you know, to use that self motivation to be able to get up and do it. But we also had and thank God we have a a head coach like Brent Cummings, who's our new head coach at Rockford, who that's what he specializes in. He's a strength and conditioning coach. Okay. so he uh, he would go on Zooms and have the kids. uh, you know, see who's in or do whatever else. And, you know, hey, he's like, I can see every single one of you, every rep, whatever else you're doing. Um, so, you know, he, he would do things like that just to um, get everybody that sense of like community and like, hey, who's here today? Who's whatever else? So, um, you know, if he could see every single rep, you know what? I'm going to say it. I bet he couldn't.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: but uh, actually, if anybody could, it's him. So we did things like that. But for me, from like an offensive standpoint, we we're putting a putting in a new offense um, at Rockford. Um, we spent a lot of time on Zoom meetings with individual positions, um, total offense. You know, together, um, O line kind of going with one group, and then receivers, running backs, whatever, and installing the new terminology and just trying to get as much of a head start. And that's where that visualization kind of kind of came in, where we we had to work with. Kind of some components with you know the, the pandemic that we probably wouldn't have been able to teach or coach a certain way because of it that we w- might have benefited from just from the sense of being able to slow it down, show it on a whiteboard and that's where our offensive coordinator Kyle Short came in um, this year um, who also was a quarterback at Rockford. Um, he did an incredible job, kind of leading that charge this off season.
0: That's awesome. So you're saying that there may have been some silver lining in because if you are gonna, because um, it's really funny because one of my coworkers today, uh, I mentioned that I was having uh, an assistant Rockford football coach on, and she name dropped uh your former head coach, which I can't think of off the top. Ralph Munger. Ralph Munger. And this this person is not anywhere. I think her, her one of her kids goes to Rockford, and I think. Mrs. Munger was a teacher at Rockford, or something like that. She,
1: yeah, she was an administrative assistant, but she's a very heavily involved in the program itself. She gets yeah. stats every every game and.
0: Oh, okay. So so the family had been involved in the program for decades. Yeah. Twenty eight years. Yeah. So the you know, if you're gonna go from that and I know a little bit about your former so it was it was a little bit of a variation of the the, um the wing T, is that correct?
1: Yeah, yep. Uh Coach Munger liked to call it wings and things. So he would (laughs)
0: yeah, he was someone who he had a great network of coaches that
1: he would work with um from you know midwest even for my senior year he brought in the pistol from Nevada he had a relationship with the Nevada coach who kind of uh kind of jump started that so he we branched it out and they did a coach Munger did a good job of kind of tweaking it each year depending on the talent and the guys that he had but it was definitely a wing foundation wing you know wings and things is like he is what he liked to call it
0: absolutely so i grew up in a, like a pro style uh i formation offense kind of a little bit more of a um, not a, you say pro style today, it's, it's very right. different than, or I would say like an early two thousands pro style offense, tailback, fullback. Um, and then my senior year, um, we are, cause in the, in the I formation, if you don't have a, if you don't have a good fullback, it's really hard to run those oh, lead easy, plays yep. and, and, the, the, the quick foot, the, the fullback trap and all that stuff. And we lost our fullback, like right at the beginning of the season, he was our best player by far towards ACL. And so we went from a a pro style, um, a pro style offense to a spread offense with all the same terminology. Um, And that was one of the more difficult things that we've ever undertaken. We, we try to put it in, in like two weeks. And the fact that you guys had six months to revamp a program that has been, you know, established for years and years and years. I mean, I'm sure like all of the middle school and the JV Rockford programs, they run that same program system, probably with different variations and maybe a little bit more simplified for the younger kids, but having that continuity forever. And then all of a sudden you're going to come in and bring in an entire new system for 16, 17 year old kids. That's probably not very easy to do. So that's very interesting that you said that there may have been a little bit of a silver lining mentally uh, to get your kids ready for this season.
1: Yeah. And luckily we have coaches that have been around for so long that are at the freshman eighth grade level, seventh grade level, JV level that have been around for so long that, you know, they're used to coaching a certain offense or defense or whatever it is. The the, the ability for them to be flexible and still, you know, still have that same command and that same leadership for us has been huge because that's what I really think high school you know, powerhouses have. And yeah, Rockford, we want to we want to take a step back to maybe where we were in the late 2000s, not to say that what we hadn't done, you know, in these previous, previous years hasn't been um, successful, but we want to get back to, you know, competing for state championships. But I think a huge part of that is what Coach Munger built between all the levels, kids getting excited for that varsity chance and whatever it is, or even just perfecting that, um, if, even if it's three plays, just running it until you know it like it's the back of your hand. And that's one thing that Coach Anise was really good at too. At, at Ferris is is just ingraining and instilling this foundation of where this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna get as perfect at it as, as we can, um, and then we'll branch from there.
0: So when that uh, that's a really good point because when you're when you have the and the one thing I know about that that wing T formation, it is a very and correct me if I'm wrong. There's only a handful of plays you run out of that. You may give different looks, but you're running dive, trap, counter trap. No, that's um, that's
1: like, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and for us, it was, you know, variations of counters that you can tweak, you can pull a tackle, you can pull a guard, you can make it look different, you can move a guy in motion, whatever else. Do you ever do any false pulls? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. a little bit.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess it would depend on each each week, too, and um, I that's one thing that as a quarterback at high school and you know maybe even until the tail end of Ferris I wouldn't have even understood w- like okay all right I'm just gonna you you said it's a 32 dive okay I'm just gonna reverse this way and end it
0: off oh that's great that's <laughs> awesome so the uh the one thing I know about the wing T is that when you're like f- when one of our rivals in high school that they they had run the wing tee probably since the 1950s like that's what they did if you're from Joberg you run the wing T um I'm pretty sure they when when dad reads kids their bedtime story when they're five and six <laughs> they're going over trap counter trap dive because that's all, all they ran pretty yep. much so if what we did for we always played them in the last game of the season. Every single practice, our our backers practice reading guards. That's all that we did for our for our uh, Sam and Mike linebackers. They're reading guards, and basically what it came down to is, if in the game they stayed disciplined, stayed in their gaps, and didn't over pursue, we we would crush them. And if our linebackers got exposed and they they weren't coming downhill. Uh, that it was gonna be a long night they they get four or five yards in a cloud of dust and we couldn't stop them so um so let me ask you this so off season um off season conditioning goes june rolls around stay at home orders get lifted um you guys are probably feeling pretty good right probably starting to do some mini camps maybe some seven on sevens or were, were we not even there yet
1: um in june we were doing there was like two and a half three weeks of a lot of just conditioning where uh, we couldn't be inside, which we, we still can't, but we weren't able to use, a, you know, we said a social distance, wear masks, um, and they were only really allowed to work out. Well, there wasn't any, we couldn't have like basically like a traditional handoff even. um, So we couldn't, it was basically just outdoor conditioning, uh, lifting, running, things like that. But the lifting was really, and again, this is where it helps have a coach like Coach Cummings, who's specializes in this and can kind of roll with the punches, um, being able to run things at a mass level that you're still gaining that strength and you're still getting the reps and you're doing it responsibly too. So
0: not easy to do by the way, because I haven't touched a weight since the beginning of February, I think. And I have had to just because I haven't been able to step foot foot in a gym is just do body weight exercises, put up, pushups, sit up, squats, all that stuff, band exercises. And, and, it, I, If I was trying to put on mass, like, I don't know how I would do it. So the fact that you had a coach. Just ask me how
1: to put mass on other than lifting. I haven't lifted in probably six months. I've used it as an ultimate excuse to just be. (laughs)
0: Can I say ass? A lazy ass. Yes, you can say ass. So, let me ask you this. Throughout this whole summer, like, is your coach in touch with MHSAA people or government officials on what you can or can't do? Uh, because these are unprecedented times. And I'm this first segment, I'm going to stay away from any opinion stuff. And then maybe after we go through this whole rant or this whole story, maybe we get into a little bit more opinion stuff down the road that we can get a little sure. free with. But um, you with the, you know, you, the it just seems like from... When this started, it, it seemed like guidelines were changing on a daily basis and nobody knew what the hell they were doing. And uh, the people that were in positions of power to make these decisions also didn't seem like they were doing. It. And a lot of times thought seemed like they had an agenda of some sorts. Were you guys getting any sort of communication from an MHSAA or like local government authorities or how did that all work?
1: Yeah. So, f- I would say from Coach Cummings, he he would trans like kind of translate some information. Hey, we got something from the MHSAA, or we got something from our athletic director office, and they were they did a very good job of just communicating whatever, like you said, whatever that information was and what they did and didn't know because this is kind of an unprecedented situation. Um, but again, depending on the day and the week and whatever else, it's things were changing all the time, and so. You know, I I just say think of Coach Cummings and our entire staff that <laughs> his first year, and luckily we have a lot of coaches that were around for a long time, but but they're still dealing with this that they've never had to before. Um, so I think about my senior year, whatever else, and how luck like lucky we were to not have to deal with any of this. But yeah, we had we had quite a bit of uh, information given to us, um, and think we had to kind of go on the fly sometimes right before practice. for like, hey, we actually cannot use the like, can shields, or we can't uh hand the ball off during this part of like a practice so we had to completely scrap this certain section of of what we had for install or whatever it was and do more drill work which we just like hey if we're playing football right now we'll take it
0: it's so hard to script a practice when somebody in lansing is constantly changing what you can or can't do that has nothing to do with football yeah but, um so so august is starting and so, so side note i uh, i've been playing baseball all summer and uh, a couple times a week being a couple buddies we'd go to um, a baseball field kind of out in the Granville area and that was where I want to say it was Calvin Christian was practicing there. It, it, some it was a smaller Christian school down that way. I don't know exactly what it was. Um, but so we're at the baseball field right next to where they're doing football practice, and coaches were masked up, kids and everybody else, and and the trainers were masked up, and the kids, everybody seemed pretty normal outside of that. Um, ha, oh, a year ago, walk like if a year ago me walked into that situation, the only thing weird I would have saw was coaches wearing masks. If right. that makes sense. Um, and then uh they're doing helmets helmets only practices the first four days of two a days um and then that thursday the mhsa brings the hammer down how did you guys hear about that and what what was i know what i felt and i'll talk about that later but what was your because you probably found out before the kids did
1: um we found out maybe and, and not i honestly felt i, I heard it from from kids before anything. Oh, really? Because we were practicing in the afternoon. Okay. So we had some teachers, newer teachers in our, our uh, newer coaches and our staff that were newer teachers as well. So they had orientation in the morning. So we bumped our practices to the afternoon. And so they're like, Hey, coach Banny, well, you know, we, is this true? Is this true? And we have some kids that maybe are like hurt, whatever they've got their phone on them and they're spreading information or whatever else it was. Um, so in, we, we had a cut practice, right in between right probably towards the tail end of our our first practice for our two a day for the evening and that's that's where we had coach cummings had us kind of gather everybody up and say we're done we have to shut it down and it was pretty
0: rough what was the reaction like
1: um a lot of a lot of just there wasn't a whole lot of like emotion at first from the kids because they're just shocked they don't really understand and even from coaches like you really don't understand is this whole season really going to be done? And for the seniors, you know, it, it, probably for a lot of high schools, but especially at a place like Rockford, where you just can't wait till it's your turn. You're a senior. This is my chance to, to, you know, whatever it is, really relive, like, live this moment as you know, all the seniors before me did. So a lot of them, I think, we're trying to process it. They're just bummed that they don't understand, like, you know, the why or you know, exactly, because to them, it's like my parents say it's okay. I mean, you know, we're here. Why can't we just keep playing? What's they just don't get it, and a lot of us don't. But there, and then eventually, because we sat, we stayed, we had lunch. Um, instead of going back out to our, our last two day, they had to hand their equipment in, and that's where it got
0: emotional. Yeah, for some kids, that's devastating. Yeah, I can't, I can't even imagine that feeling.
1: Yep, and we had just handed equipment out, I think earlier that week, so it was just a, a, a it was a mess. And you know, it's we had eighty kids this year. We have a lot of kids that are trying out. Um, from different sports that, you know, they're thinking, hey, this is – and they know Coach Cummings because he coached uh, or he taught in strength conditioning programs for all, like, a multitude of different sports through Rockford, just the education system. So, you know, they loved him and they're like, I want to get a chance to play for him or, you know, just try to see what this this new scheme is going to be like, whatever the case was. Or maybe they just wanted to try to play because they're getting older and they want to try football. So, you know, it was a, it was a lot of emotion. And uh, we, as coaches, we, we just try to – you know, I was, you know, I was feeling pretty rough myself, but we've got to try to be kind of that, um, that figure of just kind of understanding or trying to show them that like, you know, we just got to stick with this. We don't know what's going to happen. And maybe the spring we'll just shoot for that or whatever the case is, but it was tough.
0: Yeah. I, I completely understand. And the ironic thing was, is I believe the day it was either the day of, or the day after that, that, that came down. Um, we actually met up to do our first mic checks and, You, oh, yeah, yeah, because you and one thing you had mentioned is like, I need to teach you how to set all this stuff up. So, if you ever have like a rant that you need to pop off about, like, you can just set this up and go send me the audio, I can edit it, and we could just push out bonus content like whenever. And I was like, Well, I got one right now, motherfucker. (laughs) Let's go. There's one. There we go. There's my one. (laughs) We're we're done uh, for the night. It was All at uh, right, yeah.
1: fifty-two minutes and thirteen
0: seconds. Yes. <laughs> yeah, let's let's get a, a time for, a time stamp like, on that. That was well worth <laughs> <Yeah. time. laughs> it. Yeah. So anyway, so I uh, I had this glorious, probably twenty-minute rant about the MH- MHSA, How stupid it was that they did it. This was the, that your picture on Facebook? The abs- yeah, like, yes, that, um, no, that no. Actually, that, I think that was, that was the was same night. Post, I think I same think... night. Post picture though. Oh, okay. post picture. Right? Yeah. Yes, that was yeah. post because we we did the whole thing and we're like, we need to. Start posting stuff. So yeah. I was like, I'll get back on the mic and I'll start yelling at it. And you just take a picture <laughs> like I'm talking about something. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I went on this gigantic tirade about the MHSAA and I get done with it. And Joe looks down and he's like, Oh, I didn't press record. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I feel like that's where you're welcome so, to like the podcast game
0: moment exactly, you know that yeah. happens to
1: even like the highest of like yeah. radios <laughs> I'm awesome. being a
0: little overly critical it did record but the recorder that we're using it it either... it wasn't
2: through all the nice microphones yeah, we and got the, everything oh, okay. the whole mic set, set up it was the equivalent was just basically of setting like... a phone on the table yeah
0: <laughs> exactly that's what it was so that is archived somewhere and maybe that'll get that'll be like a what do they call it like the um the hidden tracks or something uh, like yeah. that that come out of the come out of the woodwork on these albums. That <laughs> anyway, so That's I great. so two weeks has gone by since that happened. Yeah, yeah. And um, have your kids been? Have you guys been doing anything with the kids? Yeah, yeah. Like we were so, and stuff. we were so allowed to
1: practice. Oh, okay. Yeah, we didn't have any other restrictions. Um, other you know the same restrictions, same guidelines. So we we could only only thing was we set up practicing every day. We practiced twice a week. Okay. So gotcha. we practice every Tuesday, Thursday. Since, Keep everybody
0: loose and all that good stuff. Yeah. So. And
1: we, luckily, we have, uh, we have, we had one kid that sh- transferred to Tennessee, um, and he's going to go D1 somewhere. And he's, he's a kicker. I don't want to, I don't have to say his name, but he, um, he moved for, you know, his family had a different situation and we we're super happy for him or rooting for him and everything like that. It's like, there's no bad blood for us, but you know, he wanted to have a season and he's making, he really wants to play. Not that these kids don't, but right. he made that choice, but we have no one, nobody stepped away. We had everybody at practice. Um, I don't think we, we lost other than kids being sick or anything like that. Not even and if they get sick, they get tested. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, sickness it okay. is. Gotcha. They're getting, yep. So if they're out for a practice because they have this or that, they're getting tested. Gotcha. Um, which we've had, zero test positive so
0: yeah yeah i think that i i discovered the cure for covid in two easy steps step one stop doing testing step two <laughs> stop watching the news and covid is cured boom so anyway just listen
1: to kurt cousins and oh
0: i loved that interview he did by the way that that was just I have to watch that. I haven't watched it. Yeah, that was yet. great. Oh. I'll send it to you. That was outstanding. And he- it's
1: it's it's interesting to see that some of the people that you know that still because he wears a mask because he he respects other people's opinions yep. on it
0: and whatever else when you
1: know if you're gonna keep other people safe that are more susceptible. I get that. I appreciate that. But there's people that the way he said, "If I die, I die." Oh,
0: yeah, right. Draco
1: style from Rocky Four. <laughs> but he's he's just so honest about it. And then people like I can appreciate that as long as you're taking the necessary precautions for other
0: people too. Yeah. So
1: he's the man. West Michigan. Yep. born and raised that kid
0: yep yes he is he went to uh, Holland Christian, Holland Christian? Yeah. yeah that's right good local local guy so um, if you're listening Kirk yeah shout out to Kirk Cousins <laughs> <laughs> Oh, one that's day. great so um so it's about two weeks and um earlier in the week there's a little bit of speculation that well let me back back up a little bit so when when this first came down and there there's that bald dude that came out with the the pr statement from the mhsa and they put the only human being on the face of the planet that could possibly deliver it without a, a complete and total uprising they put a guy that had a senior football kid As the spokesperson, I don't know if you saw that press release or not. Touche. So I was like, yeah, well, that's that's smart PR move on their part to try to smooth it over a little bit. Even though I think that that decision was just absolutely asinine. When they when they originally said we're moving the football to the spring season, I came out the first day and I was like, I'll bet my 401k right now that there's not going to be a spring football season. Yeah. I, there's no way in hell. Have you been outside in March in Michigan? It is not football weather. I mean, it's, rugby it's weather. like hockey weather. It's Spring basketball weather. Spring ball up weather. in Big Rapids, baby. Yes. Or <laughs> ice and, you know, and, you know, here's the thing. Lower, like, Grand Rapids schools could make it work. Lansing schools could make it work. Detroit schools could make it work. Uh, like, Gaylord, Michigan, will be under six feet of snow until <laughs> April. And like, any, any team, any... Any high school north of Mount Pleasant is not going to be able to play a spring season. So now you've, you've killed those northern Michigan programs is what you did, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be frank, I was right. They're not going to have a spring season because they finally pull their heads out of their asses and are like, all right, we're actually going to play this fall. What do you think about uh, everybody getting in the playoffs? That's an interesting twist in all this.
1: Yeah, I was actually talking to to my dad about that right before I came over, and we're trying to figure out... If they're just banking on a lot of teams that aren't going to be able to play, which is really unfortunate if they don't have – like, seriously, like, if there's teams that just don't have the resources to jumpstart, maybe back up, or the coaching staff, whatever the case is, like, is that what they're banking on, or are we going to just just have more uh, rounds to the playoffs? I mean, th- that's something that I'm interested – uh, that's a problem I'm I'm willing to take on for, yeah, sure. for sure. Yeah, for um, because you know, Rockford is I think holds the record right now for most consecutive
0: playoffs. So we got
2: we got another hey, one. There hey, there
0: you go. Um, another notch. Congrats. Adult. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Um. No. By I, the way, you need to hook me up with some Rockford swag. I got oh, nothing.
1: We got we got so much stuff. I like we it get so much from adidas that's a, that's a
0: really cool shirt you're wearing right there yeah and i got... have no i have no local allegiances by the way i am t- i am local team free right now so oh. you you could make your pitch to me I and you might win a, me over i
1: actually i had i was going to bring you a hat um oh, but i was like he's a genesis i think he's a Genison guy I was yeah i know you wrong.
0: texted yeah you texted me that you're like we got Genison the first week i was like i don't i don't your crap yeah, like, like, that's sweet. cool whatever yeah. okay so that <laughs> are they good at football I don't uh know. <laughs> yeah
1: that was which actually was really in, like cool as i've there's a lot of there's a couple guys from ferris that play there or oh. that, that coach there that i played with oh that's um, awesome my old line coach when i was at ferris with under coach anise is their head coach coach zeitman awesome guy so that'll be interesting
0: they've got a great program so we'll see that's awesome so um so the press release came out today that they're going to kick things back off. I believe starting Monday or Tuesday next week, you get back to practicing, which is helmets and then pads come out and then first games are September 17th, 18th. 18th. 18th, Okay, yep. then-
1: <laughs> unless they're playing some that Thursday, I'm pretty sure for us, our first game's going to be at home at the Ted Munger stadium against Jenison at seven o'clock.
0: Oh, they named the stadium after. Them. Yeah, they did. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. Well-deserved against Jen. So is Jenison pretty good?
1: Uh yeah, they had a pretty decent year last year and they're putting in um they're running something from what I understand and you know, things change every every year, but they're running something similar to what Ferris runs under under Coach Anise. Um so I think they're kinda still putting in a new offense too, but yeah, the Jenison's program, especially with the coaches that they have there. We scrimmaged them last year at Jenison and with some you know, a couple other schools too, and yeah, they've they've got some athletes and they were competitive last year. I think they I, I don't think they would have I don't think they made the playoffs, but they were right there. I think they won five games. But, um, yeah, I'm. we have a lot of work to do with them. I'm glad we know who we're playing now. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, now it's time to get to work and
0: s- season tape. Yeah, that's awesome. So you're going to play six conference games, I believe, is yep. what that, that's going to work out, too. Yep. Okay. Um, and then you guys play in the conference with, like, Hudsonville and um, Granville, I believe. East Kentwood, EK, Grand yep. Haven,
1: West Ottawa, Caledonia. Okay. And we um, – it was. We really wanted
0: Cedar Springs this year because they were they're pretty close to Rockford. Yeah, you know? that's like a hometown rivalry. Type right. Game. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's a lot of mutual respect there, but there's also a little bit of animosity. Yeah. We, for like, sure. So they they're a little lower level than us, and like we want they want to take on the big dogs, and we want to kind of show like as far as you know, flex on them a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's big brother. That's little always Bitter. some of
2: the best games. Oh,
1: yeah. We were so excited for that, and um, even while playing Stevenson too. Stevenson's who we played to win the state our first state championship in 04 so we were excited for that too but we'll take whatever we can get yeah
0: for sure our uh, any football is better than no football oh, absolutely
1: so. but our offensive coordinator kyle short played at rockford but he was coaching at hudsonville for the last two years oh so we would have played at their place and um, you can imagine he's probably gotten a little slack for coming over to rockford oh, but for how sure. can you blame him yeah for, for coming sure. over to his alma mater and, mm-hmm. and 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 taking a promotion too so
0: Mm-hmm. a yeah. uh, buddy of mine's a dc at granville now that i mentioned it i didn't even think i i thought to reach out to you first so you should good. you should yeah, take they, that to they heart us last Rob year. <laughs> so that's
1: another good program
0: we got them uh last game um of the regular season at our place so. okay cool that's a
1: powerhouse too,
0: and they run. They run kind of that wings and things offense too. Yeah, they they're they? pretty.
1: They're, no, they're pretty much f- like full T three guys in the backfield, and they're okay. doing a doom, yep. doom, doom, yep. and they run it like a clinic.
0: They are very, they beat, very disciplined. They beat our, yep. they beat our ass, yeah,
1: our ass last year.
0: Yes. So uh, the DC over at Granville, he, uh, they had him in to some football conference in ohio i want to say where they just had it was like a coach's conference and he actually spoke at that conference about how to defend the the um passing schemes on the wing t yeah so um which basically what we we did when we played a wing t is we run cover zero and we wouldn't start cornerbacks we'd start to like we basically have safeties or whatever and we'd iso them on the tight ends Uh the outside backers would take the um would take the outside running backs and then the fullback never ran a pass route in any of the teams that we saw and so we basically put nine guys in the box and said f you throw the ball <laughs> yeah yeah so we
1: we had and i I wasn't as involved in the defense obviously but just watching it last year granville against us that ran that and there were we had a lot of running offense or offenses that we played against but you know they run, they throw six times a game, and if they hit them, boom! I mean, yep, that's huge for their hitters. offense. So you know, they hit them on us, and you know, we'll I, we have the best defensive coaching staff in the state. So I'm sure. So be back. the
0: so the announcement came out today that they're going to start the season. Um, tell me a little bit about what the uh, did you guys have like a team meeting today or anything like that? Were you guys together at all when yeah. it happened? So, so what was what was that like? Get, get that resurrection, if you will.
1: Yeah, and I'm 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 thankful we were with them the first announcement and I'm glad that first announcement was the first announcement, the negative one. And we were at practice again. This <laughs> this time we had like a little patch of lightning that was coming in. So and we can't have them coincide the school still, you know, they're 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 in their cars, they're coming to practice and they're leaving. So we were coach Cummings was telling them, "Hey, you guys go back to your cars. We have lightning that's going to be coming here in about 5 minutes." And then we have our athletic director come down and we're starting to get I got something on my phone from my friend um, and she's like, uh, I think you guys are going to be able to play again. So I showed a couple of my co- like coaches and they're like, ah, we'll, we'll see. We, who knows? There's been so much stuff going on. Who knows? Yeah. So the ADs start coming down the stairs and we're like, uh, and then he's like, Never mind, kids come back, come back, come back real quick before, <laughs> before we have to yeah. go in. Cause we had a little bit of time before they had to go back to their cars and that's, and I just looked at our AD and I'm like, is this, is this a good news speech now? And he, I could just tell from his yeah. expression. Yeah. And so we still didn't have the details. We didn't know exactly because, again, there's been so much who knows. Misinformation, with this. too. Misinformation, and, yeah. People getting their hopes up. They're getting the hopes down. And for me, I've just become so guarded with this information. But, um, yeah, we addressed it to the kids, and they were pretty positive about it. And then we went and we were, we were they, they were all outside. Coaches, we met for about 30 minutes inside, and then we went back and debriefed with them. And that's when we really got all the details of it. And like we were starting September 18th at Jenison or against Jenison. And we had a pretty, pretty powerful
0: moment. That's Coach awesome. Cummings did
1: with, with the kids and it was, it was incredible.
0: That's amazing. God, I hope you guys make it through the whole season I know. and something stupid doesn't happen.
1: I, I just, yeah, I, at this point, not to sound like cliche, but I just hope the kids can stay healthy and there can't be for their health sake and for just the sake of us continuing to play. But like, it's a win-win at this point. Right. And if kids get sick, I um, you know they're they're still more like less susceptible to have symptoms and things like that. But if kids get sick, especially with all the stuff they're doing with school and whatever else, they can feel run down and they can feel like something's different. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as they want to play football, we're just telling them to be honest about it, communicate, talk like whatever else, and don't be afraid of like you being that person. Just just get yeah. tested. And which you know, we just we want to play, and if we can keep it from some one kid gets it or whatever else obviously mm-hmm. that sucks but we just want to keep it going for as long as we can for the sake of the team obviously
0: for sure yeah our entire season um we had uh no po- like nobody in my baseball league tested positive probably because no one's getting tested but (laughs) but um, i was like i'm
1: feeling fine yeah
0: exactly i think there there was one game that got canceled because one of the guys on one of the team's girlfriends tested positive and so they just canceled that team's game everybody else played and we haven't had any problems since i think everybody just kind of dumped their COVID having girlfriends and it's been been a good experience so far so
2: that's the final straw
1: i haven't no i haven't like I I don't know a lot of people that have gotten it. I've just heard a lot about of people working with someone who is exposed to it, who was exposed to it, or like that right.
0: trail of yeah. people. Yeah, like the the quasi contact tracing that yeah. you know, uh,
2: yeah, paranoid so. people i have gotten that. People yes. that think they're like, man, yes. I swear I got it, and then they go. Yeah, and I test thought it I got negative. it in January.
1: <laughs> well, when they, when they came up with like, especially that you're like, it's asymptomatic. Like I've had a sinus, which I get sinuses when it's like high pollen. God, I'm getting old. I'm 30 now. My sinuses
0: hurt when I, yeah.
1: when it, like when the pollen comes out. <laughs>
0: Dude, the allergy, like, this I definitely al- have corona. this allergy season is going to turn into Salem witch trials. Okay, <laughs> so it's
1: I'm not, like, <laughs> I have nasal spray that I'm just basically just, people probably think I have a problem, but I'm like, it
2: just helps. If it makes you feel better, uh, I don't get bad allergies, and I'm feeling it.
1: <laughs> okay, good. Bye. I never had, like, terrible allergies either, but this, I've just been getting these headaches, and again, I sound just like such a grandpa, but.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. 30, man. I know thirty looks good on you.
1: Thank you. Yeah, yeah I have, okay. I've had, I've had a great summer. It's been a really fun summer to, to like, despite all of this. So
0: yeah, this you know, is just
1: a cherry on top. We're going into the fall, knowing we're playing some ball.
0: Yeah, that's that's amazing. This yep. summer has been a good summer. F- I for me too. It, there's as frustrating as all of this has been, and as annoying as all of this has been, I, I my life has gone on just about normal.
1: Yeah, I mean, so. you get older, you kind of stay probably in some, you, with the family, too. It's like, but you stay in, like, smaller circles. Yeah, I wasn't going to the bar and yeah. tearing it up and doing Same. all that stuff. Same, so. I've, I've I've, definitely passed those days. I could probably mix it up once in a while. But, um, yeah, no, for me, it was, and, like, having, like, a more of a girlfriend now, too, which... Oh,
0: congratulations. If you know, if you know
1: anything about Banny, Rob Banizak, I just never, I've <laughs> never really locked down like that. So, what yeah. we got to do kind of more fun little... Trips to places with you know not as many people and trying to be safe and smart just considering I am exposing myself sure, to the kids at yeah. practice and stuff like yeah. that but yeah it was uh, it was a good summer that's awesome where'd you where'd you meet her um actually we were mutual we had a mutual friend at um a place that I worked a couple years ago and she's like got the super hot guy at work he kind of looks like brad pitt and like, <laughs> 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 um, he's like he's just a big enough ass to maybe want to take you out so she was seeing somebody and eventually i think it just kind of connected and worked out and and now she's stuck with me, at least for now. So. And
0: then you put the moves on. Yeah, yep. That sales sweet talk that you got. Put a little, turn the charm up a little bit. That when Huntington you look like this, you got to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sold her. Yeah, you
1: know what? If you want <laughs> you want 150 bucks, you just open a free <laughs> checking account and it's asterisk free.
0: Baby. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. All she's right. going to
1: think I'm a door for bringing her up, so.
0: So what do you want to talk about, Rob? We we talked about all the football stuff, and I, I don't want to blow out any of my listeners, too, because, like, you know, the first The first two episode, episodes are going to be football? Yeah, the first two episodes... Like, first one was NFL, and we went hard in the paint on the NFL. And Tyler and I talked about some other stuff, but we did, like, two hours of NFL content, which is, you know... Wrong. Yeah. And there are a lot of hardcore NFL fans out there that probably won't make it through that one, so... What do you think about what's going on in the world right now?
1: It's, uh... It, it It is so crazy how everything becomes politicized where it's like there's people that are playing tribes or it's like left or the right or whatever else. And um, for me, I kind of, I guess, wander in like different packs of people where I can see both sides of it and I can understand like different topics and what, what other people are bringing into the conversation. But it's just it's too bad that it still gets filtered into a way, especially with an election coming up. Yeah. People are starting to pick their, you know, chief, their tribe leader, whatever the case is, because that's just the biggest way for me to describe it. It's just
0: a lot of tribalism. Oh, yeah, it really is.
1: Sure. So for me, I just it's going to be interesting to see how things change after the election and especially with like the, the pandemic and because you see a, like a curve, like you see the way that it's really gone down
0: and flattened a lot. Like we were supposed to flatten the curve two We flatten the curve. Yeah. In May, we flatten the curve. And yeah. then it it went from flattening to the curve to we need to stop testing we need we need like a ridiculously low amount of tests or a vaccine, which in my humble opinion, there's no way in hell they're going to push a safe, effective vaccine out to the populace in less than a year of them discovering this thing. You're out of your freaking mind if you think that's a is, that's a legitimate. You keep thing.
1: hearing it too, though. Yeah, I guess I I we saw. We need a vaccine. We need I a saw vaccine. something. There's going to be a vaccine available for the public in like like a month and a half. I think it was like October or something like that. Yeah. So,
0: I heard beginning of November they're going to start rolling some that, stuff yeah. out. I, I'm very skeptical about that. We've been vaccinating people for the flu since 1978 and, and tens of thousands of people die from the flu every year. I'm not convinced that a vaccine is going to be safe or effective. I'm I'm a big Trump guy on a lot of things, but the fact that they're streamlining FDA approvals for this stuff is is concerning to me. Well, that's the American way. Yeah. FDA
1: streamlined approvals, whatever.
0: That's why what GNC right. survives because they just <laughs> streamline it or jumpstart yeah. it, and it's like that's how like, products like the original shit in it doesn't matter if <laughs> the it, original Jack 3D get made it on oh the market. God, which, so you remember that, right? It
1: Had like stuff you'd put like an EpiPen to give like if people that had a uh, bee allergy. It's, is that what
0: they added? I it? swear to God, they had to know what it was. They had this I, thing that
1: you would put into the same compound of people that had a bee allergy that you'd give them a shot or like whatever when they got stung by a bee. That's and wild. And I was taking it. I was working out like two hours. And yeah. I like didn't know what happened and how I got home, but yeah, damn, did I get a good workout? Yeah, Dude, no that's
2: kidding. Like my dad's an EMT, and that stuff is serious.
1: Yeah oh yeah
2: it's literally just synthetic Wait, the adrenaline. Jack 3d or the beasting stuff the beasting stuff like yeah. that is that is synthetic adrenaline
1: they they had yeah. to they had to like modify it because that did. was
2: yep. definitely in it mm-hmm. i
1: think that's why i don't have any hair
0: that one <laughs> and what no explode and oh, shotgun yeah. and those did products yeah same here i remember when i was like a sophomore in high school there were uh, there were some guys on the football team who were going to be seniors i was i was a freshman going into my sophomore year And the juniors go I was working out With the varsity guys I wasn't playing On them mm. with them but I was working out with them And these guys were just Getting absolutely jacked Oh yeah <laughs> and, um, and I was like I, you know I'm what my supplement the only thing that i did i got my mom to drive me up to gnc and i bought a tub of plain creatine and that was my that was what i was taking i didn't know
1: monohydrate yeah i didn't know white powder
0: i didn't know anything about it it was disgusting it tasted like i was just eating like just granular like chalk almost yeah yeah i was eating chalk and there's this one like the guys that were that uh, they had this whole locker in in our in our locker room that had a, had a padlock on it and it was just stacked full of all these supplements and they left it open one day and I was like a kid in a candy store I was like I'm going to try a little bit of the shotgun one scoops good I'm gonna take two. And a 16-year-old me, 135 pounds, soaking wet clothes and all, two scoops, uh, dude, I didn't sleep for three days. Yeah, <laughs> like seriously. That stuff
1: was wild. That's where I started to realize that I had like a caffeine like problem or my body just responded the way it should. If you have 400 milligrams of caffeine, I think it's like the, what you want in a day, but if yeah. I have taking two scoops of this, because I would take it to throw in the mornings when I was in high school or whatever else. And I would then take it again during our advanced conditioning weightlifting portion and maybe even again for track practice or whatever it was. And I just
0: was, like, exhausted at the end of the day. Oh, like yeah. end of the night. You burn out on that stuff. Oh,
1: it was. And I just – I mean, I was just trying to get through all the stuff and, like, wanted to, you know, each, either impress this coach or, like, just perform well, whatever the case is. And there's too much competition at Rockford to not want to be at your best. so. Yeah, well, we'll see how that goes in fifteen years. See what the whole livers doing
0: uh, right.
2: Another another episode on the yeah. follow up
1: on that one. Yeah, right, absolutely. Yeah,
0: fifteen years down the road, <laughs> I'm on my third liver. If <laughs> you guys can, modern <laughs> modern medicine has progressed enough to grow me one of these things a year. Can I do this like horizontal, like laying down, like <laughs> with, like a? It's gonna be tss, an IV drip, like an in. oxygen
1: tank tss, in the background too. <laughs> That's gonna be bad for the noise.
0: Yeah, who knows? Like the the long term side effect, like people like if you think about it like our parents when they were art, like when they were in high school like they didn't know that cigarettes were bad at that point. Oh yeah. god, it's so yeah. true. My dad That's was crazy. in high school in the 19 the late 19 No, 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 not How 50s. old your dad? Uh he is 71, okay. 72. So the 60s I believe he was
2: in high school. My dad was in the 70s. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, probably they didn't, they either didn't know it or they hadn't accepted it. Yeah, as a just Society didn't care.
2: that cigarettes
0: were bad. They're, you smoke in a bowling alley, you smoke in a, a restaurant. Smoke you remember when you could smoke in a restaurant? Absolutely. I don't. Yep. I remember I that. honestly don't oh, yeah. remember I don't remember it. smoking, non-smoking. Yeah, and that was like the first thing The I remember having that question asked, but I was never old enough to sit in the non-smoking, so by the time I was old enough to go to a restaurant by myself, that was, that was a thing in the past.
2: But I always remember as a kid going to New Beginnings and like the smoking, <laughs> non-smoking, because there were still the old guys that just sat in the corner and smoked while they ate breakfast.
0: Yeah. Oh gosh, and have New the Beginnings, and... All of those restaurants still smell like smoke. By the way, like
1: yeah, that just like has they not left. they
2: have not changed anything no. in well, the last well, you, like it's yeah.
0: bowling
1: alleys too. Yeah, you can still smell it big yeah, time in, yeah, like Rockford sure. Lanes. Uh, but yeah, we, I just, I remember like after like a basketball in the morning or whatever it was sport wise and just, uh, all right, let's go to the bar or, I mean, not as a kid me drinking. I'm like, I want to get chicken tenders and play some pool or right. whatever it was. Yeah. I still don't like that, but now I just have some beers too. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Chicken tenders and
2: beers. But it's like yeah, the best thing in the just, world.
1: Just that really, it is. You just dip them right in. Mm. But just that like wafting smell of like cigarette smoke and, uh. Yeah. Nice
2: and stale. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was nice lingering and just kind of makes the air thicker and again we'll see how that that secondhand smoke non-filtered treats
0: us you know i was thinking like the last few years because i've i'm not a big bowler actually i think we talked about this last time we did one of these i hate bowling of all sports i do not like bowling i suck at it okay i it's not even really fun like i'll go like if i have a bunch of friends that are going to a bowling alley to hang out i'll go hang out and have a couple beers. And maybe I'll throw around, but it's it's a waste of time and money for me. I'm not good at it. It's, I'm I'm good at just about any sport that I play. I'm not good at bowling. I don't like bowling.
2: Bowling's on my um, short list.
0: Yeah,
1: it's it's cheap though. Like it's, I'm cheap. It's
0: relatively it's relatively cheap, and you can get some cheap drinks in, and that's that's all fine and fine and good. But I had a conversation with myself like two years ago. I was like, and I'm just in this dumpy bowling alley in the middle of nowhere. It's like <laughs> w- when. I wonder when the year is that bowling alleys are not going to be a thing anymore because this, like I heard something, I think I heard this on Rogan that in, no, maybe it was Shapiro that said this there like back in the seventies and eighties, they're like 80, like 80% of adult Americans were in a bowling league or something, some crazy <laughs> number wow. like that. So it was an extremely, like it was like a part of our, our cultural, like social yeah. fabric. Uh, of our country. Not into it like that, no. But not anymore. And my thought pro- like, there are all these. When's the last time you walked in a bowling alley and the man, they do a great job cleaning up in this place? <laughs> Oh, like God. when's the last time you saw a new bowling alley open? Like uh, there like, was one in grand... Kalamazoo, actually. Shut up, Joe. was <laughs> a Rhetorical question.
2: <laughs> it, it was weird. No, 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 I'll tell you. It was weird. I walked in. I'm like, what's what's going on? I'm kind of
0: surprised by that. I I've never. I haven't been in a bowling alley that's newer than the 1960s. I don't think in my entire life. That may be an anomaly. That Kalamazoo bowling yeah. alley, but.
1: We had a place up at Ferris called The Gates no longer there, rest in peace, but it was a bowling alley in there. And then maybe just to like, for me, I can't like sit still usually, so I'm like, if I can just like throw a ball up against some things and make some noise, like, you know, why not?
0: <laughs> good time. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. I get too competitive with it. Cause oh yeah, because I'm not any good either. Yeah. It's, and if I it's play with people thing. that are
1: good, that can like spin it and yeah. like make it look like some of those people you see when you're watching like the pregame NFL show, and yeah, you accidentally yep. have to stay to like the PBA bowling mm-hmm. portion, like, ah, Change it quick yep. before I see any more of this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something maybe you do like on a date night or something where you get to know somebody and you can like Ooh, walk and talk, uh-uh, but that's nah, it's it's a little lame.
0: You know the one th- when you when you brought up that pregame Sunday bowling. Anytime I think about that. It, what it brings and it's this weird image that's burned into my brain because when I was a kid I loved watching NFL football on Sundays that oh, yeah. was like my thing absolutely and I remember when 9-11 happened and that week after there were no football games mm-hmm. and they were playing bowling reruns on TV and I like went I, like, I was like oh it's Sunday we got home from church I was like I'm gonna go watch some football and I turned on the TV and there's no football on and there's bowling and I was like the world is ending (laughs) how nuts is it that
1: that's why nfl games are on at one o'clock pretty much is because of the people getting home from church
0: that that makes sense i mean that makes sense they're waiting
1: to that point well i mean i guess sundays there are a lot of people have the day off usually whatever else but it's just crazy to think that's kind of how it started i know our our society's gotten away from i mean michigan
2: still doesn't sell liquor before noon that's not true. Actually, they changed that. Did they change? Well, I think app.
1: it's a like county base, right? Like it's, it depends yeah, on what Yeah, it depends
0: on the county you're in. you're in. It used to be a statewide because my dad owned a liquor store for oh, 20 okay. years. Um, it used to be a statewide statewide before noon. Then it went to 10. Then it went to the state isn't regulating it anymore, and it's going to be by per the township. I believe. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I could be wrong about that because like I the Meyer by my house years, doesn't
2: sell before noon
0: oh really yeah okay that that actually and that also could be like a personal preference thing. i'm pretty too. sure yeah, that's what
1: it was at ferris um
0: on sundays there are certain times where or you just couldn't buy liquor you can only get beer or something this house was a crazy story for us so we um two two almost uh two and a half years ago um we we had been living in york creek up in comstock Park oh, yeah. for three years which is just a wonderful establishment yeah we'll, we'll leave it I was at, at that orchards at four mile which is oh, like yeah yeah, yeah yeah i feel like for young people in grand rapids living in one of those two apartment count it's like a rite of passage oh yeah um like a lot of people are like yeah i, I lived in york creek for a couple of years and it's like it's like a it's it's i don't know it's maybe it just it toughens you up for the real world is what it what it really does you know you you don't really know what it's like to live until you're trying to go to sleep at 10 o'clock and you can hear your neighbor on the other side of the wall change their mind like that's how (laughs) thin the freaking walls are so yeah so we lived in york creek for three years that's where we brought claire home to when she was born we and all that stuff so we finally you know became adults and we bought our first house an 800 square foot house in alger heights which it served a purpose for it was, a, it was period a small. Of time. It was house. very small. It was a still though. That's I mean, we bought a house. Yeah, but good lord, it was a rough house to buy. I mean, they somebody had gone in and flipped it. It was it was a
1: is that small that you could just flip it?
0: Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, like, you could almost kick flip it. Actually, yeah, <laughs> you <could> sneeze <laughs> and it would flip ar- around. Yeah, okay. it was unbelievable. Oh wow! So um, so that you walk in the door and the living room. And the dining room, basically one room, like, divided by a fake wall. The dining room and the kitchen are one one room divided by, like, a counter. So, you had, like, a little bit of a a high counter that you could put, like, bar stools up against. Um, The kitchen was tiny. And then you go down into a Michigan basement. So, it was, like, the concrete and the ceiling was about if you lived in that house you would have knocked your head so many times you would have knocked yourself yeah. out it was yep. like the, the that. five foot eleven ceiling and just you know um flooded a couple times down there and then the upstairs was just like one long room that was that had that angle ceiling
1: it was like a cape cod style
0: uh, a bungalow S- oh okay gotcha gotcha so, smaller like yeah yep eight hundred and sixty four square feet i think is what it was and i don't I think that included the base, and maybe it didn't include the basement because that wasn't technical living space. Um, but good lord, that was—we lived there for two years, and then when we found out that we we're having another baby, we we're like, "Okay, we need to get the hell out of here." <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so we got in touch with my realtor, Nick. Yeah, uh, he came in and he sold our house, and we made a little bit of money on it. Nice. But the problem was, is so it, think about the time frame. So at the end of January. Uh, so we had an open house right before Christmas. Nobody showed up. It was very discouraging. I'm but, sorry. Yeah, that was just, that was like, oh my God, this sucks.
1: Did you have like little sandwiches
0: and stuff too? And like... You know, I, I wasn't even there.
2: I didn't, I was like... It I, would be oh, like Chloe to have sandwiches or at least snacks.
0: Or was it during COVID maybe you wouldn't? No, no, no. So it was in December. So this is before oh, okay. that happened. So... December, right before Christmas, nothing. Nick was like, maybe we should drop the price. So I was like, no, Nick, I need my money. We're not dropping the price. So we did another open house. We got three offers on it and we picked one that gave us 30 days after close to get out. So we so that bought us some time. So we went with that offer. And so I think we closed at the end of February. So when we so, when we closed, we had not found a house yet. So, we sold our house with oh, nowhere no. to go. Oh, no. I hear about that. Yes. And that was, a, that, was a bit, that was a little bit nerve-wracking. So, and we had, like, pushed it off. We were like, like they scheduled the appraisal. We called and said, hey, that's not going to work. We canceled the appraisal and bumped it back a week. So, our, our buyers must have been just pissed off with us. But <laughs> we needed time. So. Hey, what are you going to do? You want a house or not? Here's the thing. It's not like we weren't trying. We wrote out offers on 15 houses we didn't get a counter on a single offer we went o for 15 on offers this house was the 16th offer that we put in on a house and it did not get accepted they put in a, they accepted a cash offer on the house that's unacceptable it's a, it's a it was a god thing that we even got this thing because what happened was is that they accepted a cash offer the next day the person that was going to buy this house in cash got a job opportunity in Florida or so, something like that where he ended up moving out of town, not even being in. So he pulled out of the deal. And my agent spent three days on the phone with their agent convincing them not to put it back on the market. And they accepted our offer. And we, uh, we moved in here. So we had to get out on March 26th. And we weren't closing on this until f- April 9th. And They were gracious enough. They let us. They let us move in like four days after, uh, like like on April first. Oh, nice. So yeah, because the the lady who lived here, I actually passed away recently, but she was moving into a nursing home because she was ninety seven. She she stayed here. I'll take that right now. Yeah. So um, you sure everybody's moved out? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think I heard something over. (laughs) All right, uh, Mrs. Matthews, rest in peace. Oh, we love you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> thank you for this Not, amazing house. I wasn't
1: saying she's so, still here somewhere. Oh, I thought that's what you meant. <laughs> no, no, no,
0: no, no. Just. <laughs> what a jerk. Uh, right, I did. Dude, uh, a friend of mine. I'm going on all these different tangents right now. I'm just talking. But a friend of mine, Josh, who's a mortgage broker, he just said that he lost a deal because the the person who was going to buy the house found out that it was haunted.
1: Oh, gosh. Do you believe in ghosts? I don't. I... That's a big
0: topic. Yeah. Uh,
2: I, I feel so, like this is turning into Rogan. We had a discussion about this. Every yeah. time that I listen to Joe Rogan, it turns into aliens or, like, something <laughs> supernatural. I'm like, how does this happen? Joe believe in magic. Because, I mean, <laughs>
1: this is just, the humans are just fascinated with the unknown. And
2: but, what you- no, no, humans, but specifically Joe Rogan. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: I definitely believe in the spiritual realm like that sure. is that is that is something that I 100% believe in as real. You're not going to change my mind about anything how it presents itself. I think is very much up to interpretation. Yeah. So yeah, Yeah. I, Chloe and I and maybe we'll talk about this. We're not I'm not going to get into this right now, but yeah, Chloe and I had a really odd encounter Uh, probably I want to say two and a half years ago driving home just out of nowhere, something jumped on our car, and it was—I get chills just talking about oh, it right now. No. But yeah, it was—it was wild. You were so. out of town, you said? No, it was—it was here in town. No, it was, it was out of town. No, it, nah, was, it was on p- Alpine. Yeah, Alpine and I remember <laughs> it like it was yesterday. So yeah, so not to get too much down that rabbit hole, but yes, I definitely do, do believe in the, the spiritual realm, and I think that again, how it presents itself is very up to interpretation. Do
1: you believe that there's like? New York style, huge, probably the size of like that, like a baked potato, almost bigger rats in Michigan. Because I've caught two in the house that I'm
0: I, I can right believe now. that, Yeah, I it, would believe it. I've never personally seen a rat that big. That's
1: um, where well, the reason I bring it up because I'm like, like, hey, we caught a rat, and like, it's a mouse. I'm like, no, it's, no, no, it's no. a Norway <laughs> rat. I've looked it up. <laughs> it. We had to get a cage from Amazon. That's. Uh, this isn't a visual medium, but it's probably—I don't know—it's big. It's a cage. It's
2: like the, the live the live trap. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. like a dog
1: cage, but it's this, like
2: it's the same thing that you use for like raccoons and stuff.
1: Yes, except it's in the house. And we we went to Wisconsin to the Dells from a thirtieth, and then came back, and there was a rat in there, and it was like we we because it's one of those things where you want to catch one, but you don't want to catch one yeah, either. But don't. we've seen it. You've yeah. seen its ass wobbling around like at midnight. Does <laughs> it come out at night? This thing's oh, got a wobble to it. my god. And wow. so we caught it and its tail was super long and gross. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with it.
2: Cause, like, was it a possum?
1: No, it was a rat. It was a normal rat, rat. rat.
2: Big old wow. rat. Yep. I don't think I've ever seen an actual rat. I've seen mice, I've seen possum.
1: Other than like at maybe like at like a uh pet store or something, yeah. maybe you seek like a white one or so. Yeah, but they're usually yeah. mice. This was a rat and it was huge. And I still, like, I like animals, and, like, I, I, I used to hunt, maybe, but I've been be, uh, softer in my my older days now, just kind of getting, you know, maybe it's my allergies, you I watched don't know. Baby, <laughs> didn't you? I, my God, I used to dance to Bambi oh, and, like, act no. it out with a little owl dance or whatever. Oh, yeah. And man. that first scene, like, almost turned me off to it. But then it gets good. Anyway, yeah. caught two of them now, and they're gross, but we, uh... Yeah. We don't have as many problems, so... Yes. Had to bring
0: that up. You know, that's the one situation. I I as a I don't like cats. By the way, I I can't stand them. I'm I've gotten not them to a, like
1: them more, but they're it, I mean, compared to dogs. There's no comparison. Yeah,
0: I'm a dog person. I love my dog. Um, Chloe is a big cat person. She's always had cats. I'm I'm slightly allergic to it, so they just annoy me more than anything. And well, if then, they annoy
1: you either way. you Should just say you're allergic.
0: Yeah, exactly. I according to if you ask her, I'm highly allergic to it, but actually they make me sneeze and they're, they shed on everything and just piss me off in general. <laughs> but, um, but this cat that we have, we got it at a shelter. It was like an 11 year old geriatric cat. And my, you know, morbid thought process is like, well, if we get one that's 11, we're really only going to have it for a few years. Like, <laughs> you know, if we get a kitten, that's like a 20 year commitment. Well, less energy. Yeah, to, exactly. Yeah. It'll just kind of chill out, which, um, sometimes it does. But, um, so we had a bat, not a bat problem, but we had a couple bats in our last house. And this if I, I'm i not a big animal person to begin with. There's a handful of them that I like. I hate bats.
2: I do not like bats. I think bats. most people are with you there. They're the creepiest freaking animal. They're actually kind of cool, though. Like, I, l- l- bats are okay. cool to me. I right.
0: like, maybe like watching them on Discovery. Have you had to, let me ask you this. Have you had to catch one in your basement?
2: Uh, Fireplace. You have? Yeah, in our, in our living room. What
0: was that experience like for you? It
2: was like, oh, there's a bat. It was it was weird because I lit a fire in the fireplace and mm-hmm. then I just heard this screeching. I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, it's a bat. And I just kind of carried him outside with a with a leather glove on so he didn't bite me. You are so much more calm and
0: collected than I was. <laughs> I lost my mind. Like with that thing, it was flying around in the basement. I had a racquetball racket that I was trying to like <laughs> knock it down with and kind of shoot. I had the door open trying to get it to go outside. And then all of a sudden, um, I... It was in the basement. I closed the door so it couldn't get in the upstairs part, and I come back down, and our cat had Well, Chloe's cat had No, you said R. You love it. I know. <laughs> it's yeah, on your lap right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely edit that out. So uh, so this cat had knocked it down and stunned it on the ground, so I was able to like put a little Ziploc thing uh, uh, tupperware thing on top of it and i slid the lid under it and that's got probably what i would have done yeah a different variation it of- freaked me out though like it i my heart like my i wear an apple watch all the time my heart rate was in like the high 160s and i was not exercising i was
2: just <laughs> genuinely <laughs> like terrified best cardio thing. workout of the day yeah.
0: so we had two the second one i accidentally i think i killed it accidentally but um there was like cracks in our basement wall in, in that the old school michigan basement and these are bats, by the way, not yes, cats. Bats, yes, yes, with a B. Um, and this one crawled through this crack, and I was like, oh, that's how these assholes are getting in here. <laughs> so I had a cock gun, so I start cocking this this crack up. Well, this stupid bat tries to come through it and gets all of this mess all over it. Bat goo? No, the, like, I had a cock gun, oh, and I was oh, oh, and I, I was like, okay, cocking gotcha, gotcha. up this, this crack in the wall, and it... it not really my fault, I guess, but the thing I thought it was an exit to the outside. It was just a crevice that this thing uh-huh. found, and so it came back up through it and had all the sticky stuff on. I was like, ah, oh, dude, I feel bad for you. And so I, I caught it and let it go outside. But I'm like, ah, you're you're probably not gonna make yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs>
1: no, and it's a thing when you where you counter animals you don't see quite a bit. I mean, it just kind of brings like even like something like a possum. Like mm-hmm. I I've, I've witnessed for the first time, uh, like other than driving, like just by the trash can, it was huge. And it was, like, so slow and, like, didn't care that I was there. And it was just humongous to me. But I guess possums are really nice. Yeah. So other than just, like, hey, would you mind, g- like, going away and, like, leaving, like, the area here just because I don't know what you're going to do? That'd be great. And it just kind of wobbled off into the woods <laughs> or something. But you get freaked out because you're not used to it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. At least I do. Yeah you got a nice setup here i don't know i yes. i'm I, i'm not the technology
0: expert by any means but joe's the technology expert. i keep
1: up with like the latest cell phones that's one yes. thing but i just i just bought I break technology
0: them. and joe's teaching me how to use it that's kind of how this relationship works <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, no yeah everybody
1: needs a joe though you know yes Pro- producer my brother's joe. like that too really he could like put hook up all the, any sort of stereo equipment he always had like he was always bumping with like two like subwoofer whatever else 20s whatever i don't even know what the capacitors all this stuff and he thought he was like a rapper i think in high school but. yeah
0: no this was that was my number one barrier to entry in this podcast thing because i've been wanting to do this for a long time is knowing how to work that monstrosity and this and all these wires and a computer and how to put it like it that's just like it's chinese to me like i don't yeah. understand it's how some, I mean, this it and- works
1: because people so, think oh i want to start a podcast too and i've always like i love podcasts and i love especially like sports or politics whatever kind of podcast things that i just kind of need to unwind to but like it's not just something you can just start for sure you need to really invest into it
2: i'm yeah. going to disagree with you 100 there oh, because you know while like... while this is like great setup it it can it can do a lot it sounds good you can do a lot with your phone like i think people totally underestimate how powerful their phone is from a video standpoint from a microphone standpoint if you really wanted to there's a, there's an app out there uh i don't i don't even remember what it's called but it is completely dedicated to making a podcast from your phone where you record directly on there, you can do your minor editing and cuts and whatever, and you release it.
1: You know, now that I think about it, I had a we had a, th- a thing in college called the Fox Radio Show. My buddy had bought something from his laptop, but he would like he had a similar, not as nice as microphones as you have, but something similar where it wasn't just like your computer microphone. But we had like a, maybe once a week. I don't even know if it was before podcasts really were a thing, but we messed around with that. It's called the Fox Show, and that's where I was like, oh. I just love to hear myself talk. I guess maybe,
0: but I I do too. I yeah. think that's one of my things. I uh, anytime I do any sort of public speaking, I'd always and not necessarily because uh, from like a braggadocious standpoint or a I love me standpoint. Yeah, it's I'm f- I'm fascinated with the public speaking side of it. And did did you by chance listen to the first the the first. You didn't because you didn't even know what the no, channel was No, I have not. No, I got to be honest. So the, the first one I did, I talked a lot about like of some of my inspiration for doing this. And I grew up listening to Mike and Mike and Colin Cowher oh, yeah. on ESPN, oh, yeah. like back when he was on ESPN. Yep. And uh, my dad was a big Rush Limbaugh guy, so I listened to that growing mm-hmm. up. And Rush Limbaugh is... You know how they talk about like the Bill Belichick coaching tree and the Andy Reid coaching tree. Yeah, Rush Limbaugh has like the broadcaster tree because like Colin Cowherd got his inspiration from Rush Limbaugh, which politically li- they're I did not know that they're not lined up no, no, whatsoever. No. Colin is is pretty center left on most social issues. I would say he's pretty he's he's right on a lot of. Um, on a lot of a lot of policy things as far as like business and tax go, because he is a, he is a business owner and but all that stuff. Wouldn't
1: you say that it, like it's more? Uh, you almost have to be politically correct if you have certain a certain platform, sure, especially sure.
0: a bigger. You work at ESPN, oh, you yeah. you have to be on the left to survive. It's, like that's their plat it's that, that that Disney culture that owns ESPN. Um I mean, you heard got, like Stephen A Smith came out and say that Steve Nash got the coaching job up in Brooklyn because of his white privilege. Oh yeah. I I'm mean, sorry. That's just that's ridiculous.
1: He's also one of the best basketball players of all time with probably working with um Probably limited talent in size compared to like a lot of NBA players, too. He's really smart and he's really... I mean, sometimes the only thing is Brooklyn has a bad rap because they had just... Well, not just, but they did the same thing with Jason Kidd. Right. First-time coach, whatever else. And then these other coaches that do deserve jobs. Um, Steve Nash is one of a kind, though. Yeah,
0: I'll pump in... I think you slipped here, but deserve jobs like that is such a subjective True. thing yeah because like okay do you do you want to do you want to hire like david Fizdale again who's gotten fired from like each of the last four jobs that he's had like because he was in the running for that and because they they're like you know what we're gonna go we're gonna go with the 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 devil we don't know versus the devil we do know you know Fiz like somebody like Fizdale who's been fired multiple times lately and i mean what he went, he was with the Knicks last year, and he got he had like half a season under his belt, and I think he they like, won like know, eleven games. Yeah. yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna go with one of the best point guards of the 21st century, and we're gonna see what he can do with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and we'll see if he can get them to to mesh well.
1: Right, and I guess the and I get this individually. Like, if you put some of these hires into like a specific category, the Steve Nash hire makes sense, and. It it, it's exactly what Kyrie Irving needs, I think, too, because I just I don't love Kyrie Irving, and I I don't either. I think think he's a big baby. I think he is too, and I think he needs someone that he can respect. And Steve Nash is somebody who I think is composed enough and not a baby, and not someone who is just super emotional. Like a lot of maybe some of the athletes, basketball, whatever else you see nowadays, because it's just a different era. Yeah. Um. But the one thing that I'll say about like NBA, NFL the representation of the amount of like you know african american people like players compared to the amount of coaches there i can see how that would disturb some some people especially some players like if there's so many players like why aren't we represented in a different way from a coaching standpoint but also you have to look at individuals that are right but it, it, it's just a matter of like i think getting getting like a like a queue or a group of of people to that point where they can get that experience and then they can get qualified jobs and they deserve it or whatever else other than just like handing somebody a job because they have been an assistant for a certain amount of time and they fit a certain profile
0: either way. For sure. I think that if you judge people on a a group level, you run into things where you lose context with individual situations. So for instance, like let's say, you know, you look at the NFL and you say, oh, there's only a certain number of minority coaches, you know, you and this is a problem we have to fix it but you don't ask more questions as you know why is this what Completely. you know the the team like this individual team had a coaching opening here's who they interviewed and here's who they hired based on their certain uh, certain set of ramp, uh qualifications qualifications yeah. that they were looking for the specific position in, in the their team dynamics and who is you know what do they need do they need a coach more for a they do they want a Sean McVay type who's going to be an energy guy, going to bring in a new offensive system, who's going to take control of the offense, or do they do they need a guy like a um, a Mike Tomlin guy, more of a more of a defensive guy or a Bill Belichick a defensive guy? You you, you when you just look at it from a group perspective and say because there's a smaller number of black coaches than white coaches in the NFL that's bad we need to fix it you fail to look at the individual stances of each team or the individual needs of each team and you in in sports and you know this just as well as I do it's it's a merit based system yeah it is it, the the corporate world will go into controlling the equality of outcome versus having a merit-based system like sports Mm -hmm. like in if you have if you're coaching an nfl team and you got a black quarterback and a white quarterback you're going to start the better quarterback you don't give a damn what color they are Mm -hmm. they you don't care what their skin color is that that crap left sports i would say Here's the thing. Maybe that stuff still exists somewhere. In the United States, it probably exists somewhere. In some program at some level, stuff like that probably goes on. I'm going to bet my 401k that 90... That's twice now. Yes. that's what is And I'm I'm one for one right now. That's an 802k.
1: Yes. 802k. Oh, there we go.
2: 802 mil? No. Mm -mm.
0: (laughs) A couple more zeros on that. Uh, Six zeros? Ugh. Let's not that's, get too technical annoying. here. I don't math, have a calculator. Man. Us bankers, we don't do math without calculators. By the way, it's true. Engineers true. do. No, I'm telling you, we're I'm not allowed. allowed. Like if you if you're doing if you're counting cash in your head, you're doing it wrong. So you need a calculator. Um, for all you kids out there, yeah, want to be bankers, get those calcs out. Don't do it. <laughs> 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 do as I say. Not Says as the I man do. who left banking. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> one one who has left and one who is on the way out. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So going back to our previous conversation, um, and you know, with everything going on in the world, it, it definitely has made me want to have more conversations and understand more because mm-hmm. I'm I'm a white kid from middle of nowhere, Michigan, coming from a rural area, So there are a lot of issues that go on in the world that I'm just not privy to. Mm-hmm. So I'm very aware of that. Um, but I think that, um, and I don't remember who said it, but somebody asked me something is like. Do you, do you like a lot of people, you know, on the at least on the conservative side, say that they don't see color? Like, what do you think about that? And I, and I thought about it for a minute and I was just like, you know, that's not that's kind of that's a bit of a loaded question because everybody sees color. We We all see the differences in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And what it comes down to is, do you treat people differently based on those differences? Do you think that you're better than people based on the differences that you have or do you treat? everybody, do you treat everybody equally as human beings?
1: Yeah. And I guess that's something where I, I've started to grow more from somebody from a school who was 96% white and went to Ferris and I am just a, like, I would like to consider myself a friendly person. And I met a ton of different people and I just like to have a good time. I met people from Detroit, Chicago, from different atlantic areas, all different cultural backgrounds. And I got along with everybody, but I really didn't really take a chance to understand necessarily more about like things that they deal with that are maybe different than things I dealt with. So for me it's like when people say well I don't see color, I think you've got to be able to see it a little bit because there is definitely I think with when it comes to like generations and having even just like two parents in the household, having that because they had two parents in the household and there was just more economic stability and that more stability that you have, you can transfer on to your children that they'll transfer on to their children. That's where I see maybe particularly with the black community, because we're only like what, 50 years, 60 years away from like the civil rights era. Yeah. And there, I think that whole, the the system and the way that we've, we've, I don't know if put them in a bubble or put them in like certain um, areas where they, they get government help or they get like especially people that are just like single moms whatever else they get kind of stuck in a rut so to speak and I think we just need more generations to like give that community a chance and I think that's why we see a lot of frustration because we talked about a lot of coaches like you, we're just going to pick the most qualified person merit based system and a lot of that's true and a lot of that we get in the capitalistic like world and a result driven world that makes sense that I think the frustration comes from, well, we didn't have a chance to maybe earn the merit that a white person did because we weren't raised in a situation where we had the resources to maybe get connections or get that sort of, uh, I don't know, just that ability to see that. And I think that's where I'm starting to learn a little bit more about it. Now, I, I still think it's like you have to have individual responsibility for yourself. And I've seen people make it from situations where they didn't have a perfect environment. So Absolutely. It, so it, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm so torn in all these things, and that's why for me it's like, there's so many layers to these kind of conversations, and uh, I'm for me it's just like I'm just I guess I'm just trying to learn more about it, and but still try to stick true to kind of my belief that it's like individual, you've got to be able to you know pick yourself up your bootstraps and get things done. I still have that appreciation sure. too.
0: Yeah, and one thing, and I don't remember who said this, but the context is so important here because you can be, you know. You can have a, a kid from a wealthy family grow up and become a hedge fund manager and become a millionaire and you're like, Yeah, that's cool, but you know, let's let's look at where you came from. You know, it's much more impressive to me to see somebody who came from a poor family, uh, regardless of their skin color, by the way. Just oh, sure. yeah. somebody born in a poverty who decided to break that generational curse and you know they have a job that they make $80,000 a year they're a good father they're they have a family um you know i i would be very curious to see what the sauce it, like what the ingredients that go what goes into um the gumbo yeah um, like what makes somebody what makes that roux yeah yeah wh- what wh- how do you go from a life of poverty to a successful life like what's the equation there
1: and it's so that's such a like interesting like sociological thing to dive into too and it's like because you see how many times you see it where you see like the the rich privilege kid depending on color too that just is spoiled rotten and it ends up either like just you know, hooked on, you know, turns into
0: a crackhead, drugs, yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens all the time. And, and nobody they, talks about that. They
1: don't find purpose in their lives for whatever reason because they're handed certain things to it. They took yeah. advantage of it, and that's crazy too. And like that's just like another more privileged, sad way of how you know drugs can take over. But I guess it's a different conversation. But still, it's like really diving into that is fascinating to me sure. how that works.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's so fun, man. This is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. You know. Well, I'd love to, you know, I know your schedule's going to be crazy for the next three months. Yeah. Um... I would love to have you on for maybe either a quick mid-season recap or Absolutely. maybe you know once playoffs wrap up. By the way, I won't get interested into any high school football until the playoffs start. So fair um, enough. Yeah, that's I again don't have any allegiances. I'll, I'll lean Rockford for now, but I'm still a, I'm still a free agent until I get some swag. Yeah. So.
1: No, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll hook you both. I'll give you guys. I'll get you both guys some stuff. I have some. Double XLs that don't quite fit the big fella, so you know, <laughs> okay, maybe well, we can
0: pass them down. Yeah, there's there's no double XL that fits this 170 pounds. You don't need like a or 90 whatever. or something, maybe.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. Anyway, we want to thank you for listening to this. If you're still here with us, you're probably the greatest human being on the face of the planet. Again, as always, I'd like to invite you to subscribe to the at Rakowski Pod on all social platforms. Uh, Please like, share, and subscribe. We want to get this out to as many people as possible. Um, Please uh, enjoy the rest of your day, and I look forward to catching you again very soon. Have a great night.